1: There's no place to escape to. This is the last time. Oh, yes. On the left. <laughs>
2: right your That's when the cannibalism started. This new video on this dude who I guess he had tried every drug in the world, and he was he was his favorite drug in the world was meth. Oh, okay. And he said the first time that he smoked meth, he came his pants. <laughs> no way. Yeah, and it just seems like. I don't need that in my life. I'm already at a hair trigger. Like, I can't imagine just spontaneously just shooting like a little fountain.
0: Definitely not all methed on your mind. Welcome to the last podcast of The Left, everyone. I am Ben Kizzle. That's Marcus Parks. Hey, hey. How are you, buddy? I'm okay. How are you? I am good. And Henry Zebrowski over here laughing.
2: Big-ass bowl of meth, and you're immediately like, oh, did I break it?
0: <laughs> it is definitely a wild a wild situation. Uh, well, speaking of wild situations, we're on to Jerry Brudos Part 2. He is the shoe fetish slayer, and uh, the story just gets more disgusting from here.
1: Ugh. So after murdering Linda Slauson in his basement while his mother kept watch over his son upstairs, Jerry Brudos moved his family to Salem, Oregon, coincidentally just blocks away from the hospital where he was kept as a teenager. Hmm. Now,
2: this is my question. I do feel like there is like a psychological cycle here where he, there, he definitely blows up an activity as soon as he gets back to this sort of weird formative time in his life where he mm-hmm. the, the mental asylum like taught him that he could get away with his crimes really easily Yeah, what is it with Salem? It's a haunted place huh?
0: No that's Salem, Massachusetts not all Salem's not all Salem's. Oh, okay. hashtag,
1: hashtag not all Salem's, I see hashtag not all oh alright I apologize, different
0: state huh? <laughs> different coast alright, haunted place what is it with Salem huh? I'm just asking the tough questions here
1: uh, Jerry may have chosen this house specifically because of the ample space provided in the garage, which is connected mm-hmm. to the house via an outdoor breezeway. And after his last success in getting away with murder, he knew exactly how to set this garage up?
2: Mm. Um, thank you so much for seeing us and starting out. Thank you so much. Um, and mostly, I love it. I love the hardwood floors. I love the pergola. Um, but honestly, we're gonna need four bedrooms because I need at least like one bedroom definitely just empty between me and my daughter because I just can't be anywhere near here. He's grass. That's disgusting. Also, do you have like a whole private like garage area? Yeah for my quote-unquote dark room. Should I not use quotes? (laughs) Hmm.
0: Well, Jerry, you came to the right show, House Hunters Serial Killer Edition. (laughs) I think we've got the home for you.
1: (laughs) Now, first, Jerry installed a padlock on the garage door. Then, he set up an intercom system and told his wife that she was only to communicate with him through the intercom mm. should she need anything from the garage. These are massive warning signs for
0: this woman, right? Yes. Well, uh,
1: quite a few okay. massive warning signs okay. show up in this woman's life over the next few months. Mm-hmm. Well, the reason why he told her to only communicate with him through the intercom, letting him know that she was coming inside, was that he told her that he had set up a dark room, which he kind of sort of had. Uh, and if she were to come barging in, she might ruin any pictures he might have developing at the time.
2: But also, he wasn't like taking pictures in the living room. You know what I mean? He wasn't taking pictures of flowers and shit. She never saw him taking pictures. She never asked any questions about, like, any of the origins of any of his private behavior. It's very strange. Darcy's a weird woman.
0: I feel like you would have to be taking a uh, a pecker amount of pictures in order to warrant a, gr- uh, a a dark room. And
2: I don't see how his wife is just like he just he got a dark room. If you have a dark room you're a per- you're a pervert. You're not doing anything that should be seen by the public inside of a dark room. You are harboring secrets in there. It's called a dark room. It's not called a developing room. I guess. Unless you're a photographer. You know, Ben, it's funny that you mention uh, Pecker. Actually, mm-hmm.
1: John Waters based a character in polyester off Jerry Brudos. The one who loved the shoes.
0: Yep. Yep. That's it. I figured it out, Marcus. <laughs> Believe it or not, I got that one. <laughs>
1: <laughs> yep. He said specifically based on Jerry Brudos because, you really? know, John Waters is a gigantic true crime guy. He used to go to the Manson trial every single day. He never missed it. I love it. So cute. No, as far as the attic went, Jerry scared Darcy away from that by telling her it was full of rats. Jerry used this space to store all of the bras, panties, shoes, and what-have-yous that he collected over
2: the years. Marcus, what stands for what-have-you? When you say (laughs) what-have-yous in the script, what do you mean by that? What do you think I mean? The (laughs) what-have-yous. Just. (laughs) Bras, panties. First thing that comes to my mind is... Yeah, pasties, head clamps. Uh, I'm not really sure what else you'd use, what a ha- what have you would be.
1: What have yous. <laughs> well, Jerry took it a step further, telling Darcy that every time she was out with her friends, she needed a call home before she was heading back, because even though it was her house too, he always wanted to know when someone was going to quote-unquote pop in on red it.
2: flags hmm. red flags he yep. made a joke out of it after a while because finally she was like why are you so why are you always freaking out about me coming home all the time he's like yeah i want you to call so i have time to kick the blonde out i see like it was a joke but in real in, in real life he was never going to kick the blonde out because he was keeping her as a living dead doll i understand it seems like he is not
0: uh, possessive necessarily of his wife um, but it's a different kind of emotional and uh, uh, abuse, right?
1: Well, well, he doesn't want to possess a living person. Mm. He wants to possess a dead person who has no complaints whatsoever, who has no needs at all. Uh, all he wants is to possess a body. Well, I'm just saying
0: the dead people have a complaint, they're dead. <laughs> <laughs>
1: Well, the real reason why Jerry got the padlock and the intercom and the freezer was because Jerry was finally going to realize the fantasy that he would first had as a teenager. Mm. He was going to have his very own above-ground pleasure dungeon. Him and George Clooney. Now, this was the low-rent version of Jerry's dream. His most far-flung fantasies involved rounding up women in a big bus, taking them back to a complex dedicated to his own pleasure, an entire complex, Ugh. murdering
0: them, and storing the dead bodies in a gigantic deep freeze. This is like when I fantasized about sleeping overnight in a liquor store when I was 16. <laughs> yes. Where it's just like, you get to drink everything. Everything. But this is much, much worse than that.
2: He also realized that at, th- at this point is that he didn't have the funds that it would need to make as big of a complex. So sadly, this is a budget sex dungeon. Uh. <laughs> and if you can make a bu- sex dungeon on a budget, I mean, that's what you t- What's the most bang for your buck? Well, really, budget sex butt
1: dungeons are the only ones that ever truly get found. <laughs> I would, uh,
0: uh. I really don't want to yeah. think about it, quite yeah. frankly. Yeah,
1: the expensive sex dungeons never get found. No.
0: Yeah, that's true. When we're talking sex dungeon here, I keep on thinking about Toy Box Killer. Yeah. Is yes. it like that? It's a little bit like that. Okay. Although it,
1: it's like that, but it can still pass for a garage. Okay. Like, you can walk in and look at the garage and think, like, oh, this place is kind of weird, but, you know, it's still more than likely just a garage. Oh. Where in the Toy Box Killer, you walk in and you know immediately what that room's used for.
2: Toy right. Box Killer's was made to be permanent. It is definitely for bile, where it defini- where Jerry Bruce is more like for renting. Mm. So <laughs> you can also turn it into a party room. It's very a la carte. I see. You know what I mean? And, and also, also a really good way to hide a sex dungeon is you just put it in the basement of a pizza shop and no one will believe you that Oh it's that my <laughs> goodness. Some
0: people will believe you and show up fully armed. I'm getting the feeling that it was like a speakeasy where he would have all the bodies around and then people would come in and he would hit a button and all the cigar tables and all the poker tables would just turn into really nice, you know, shelves for books.
1: Now, not surprisingly, things started getting real weird around the Brudos house. One night, Darcy innocently commented that Jerry had gained a little weight. Mm -hmm. A little hurt, Jerry got up without a word, left the room, and returned a short while later, dressed in a stuffed bra, a girdle, (laughs) stockings and garters, and size 13 high heels. Now, when
2: I first read this detail, the first thing I thought that he would do is he'd come in and start doing that. the... (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> <laughs> like that Castilian, like, like, like board stomping dance uh-huh. that women do with the big high heels. But in reality, can you imagine this big brooding man just walking into like leaving me like, excuse me. And then walking out, coming back in. This is dad, by the way. And then he is in full female regalia. And then he just stares at you for like a beat of th- the most awkward silence in the world. And then it's like, hey, man, and then he leaves. <laughs> I mean, this
0: seems, I'm going to say it, kind of fun. Yeah, That's kind of fun. Oh, is that kind of fun. that kind of fun. Because he went and got all dressed up because he was old. <laughs> he wanted to feel well, yeah. sexy again because his wife called him fat. And he said, I'm going to regain my beauty. Well, actually, that is what he said. He came back in, he's like, does this make me
1: look slimmer in the women's clothing? <laughs> She's like, no.
0: (laughs) She just kind of. There's always a point in these episodes where I'm like, I can relate to that. She just nervously
1: laughed, and then there was an awkward silence, and then he left the room, (laughs) went back into his normal clothes, came back, sat down, and they never talked about it again.
2: Yeah, so you see here that the Mets are playing the Dodgers this weekend. (laughs) That's a piece of business that interests everyone in the home, isn't it?
0: (laughs) That is a fun game,
1: huh? So 10 months after the murder of Linda Slauson, Jerry Brudos committed another murder of opportunity. This time, it would be 23-year-old college student Jan Susan Whitney who would fall victim to the shoe fetish slayer. Mm. On November 26, 1968, Jan's car broke down along I-5 while she was on her way home back to Salem after visiting a friend in Eugene. A couple of good Samaritans walking by stopped to help, but Jerry Brudos, driving home from work, decided to intervene.
2: Hey, so what's going on here? Seems like your car car's like all fucked up. I was thinking of me and my buddy Brian here. We saw he like pulled over and shit. And we're like, what if we just like smoke weed at it? <laughs> I
0: don't know if that's going to fix the car, but I like the idea of smoking some weed.
2: Yeah, dude. Fix your attitude, man, about the car being broken, dude. Because then you just fucking don't even care that the car doesn't fucking move, dude. And then the car becomes like your fucking clubhouse, dude. <laughs>
0: Homeless on the street for seven years
2: Uh, It's more like I'm home more That's an old Ben Kissel
0: joke That's a classic bit, classic Kissel
1: Well Jerry told the two guys Trying to help that he could take care of the problem easy But of course he needed to go home First to grab his tools Mm. To lull Jan into a false sense of security Just inching his way along Brudos took all three in his car At least at first And along the way Brudos dropped the two dudes off Saying he could take it from there he then drove to his house and parked in the driveway, saying he had to wait until his wife got home as he'd forgotten his keys. And after mm. a bit of small talks, Brutos made his way to the back seat, asking Jan if she wanted to play a game.
0: Ugh, never good.
1: You never say yes. No. no.
0: Jigsaw is always like, you want to play a game? No. <laughs> never play a game. Absolutely not. You're going to end up in a in a vat full of heroin needles. Anytime a stranger asks if you want to play a game, you say no.
2: Unless you showed up to play a game. Well, Mission yeah. In a specific area. You're in the back of a comic book store. You are at a baseball field where there is equipment also. Like, you can't just be an empty baseball field. There has to be balls and bats.
0: Yep. Well, Jerry
1: told her to close her eyes and try to describe how to tie a shoelace without using her hands. And while she tried... Jerry took a leather strip, wrapped it around her neck, Mm. and strangled her. From the back seat of the car
2: that's like in those old cars in the early 2000s that would have the automatic like seatbelt thing and then every once in a while it would like misfire and then it's like your car's trying to murder you like it's fucking christine <laughs> i do
0: recall being morbidly obese and that seatbelt <laughs> did attack me a couple of times but i think this is much worse than that situation <laughs> yes, yes. This, this is much worse yeah, yes. this, this much worse. yeah. Yes. This,
1: this, well this is a morbidly
0: obese man doing the act oh. not having it done to him tables of turn huh. well he must be very winded then <laughs> I do think it would be kind of funny if there was a morbidly obese serial killer And they just like name him the windy killer, the winded killer <laughs> like, Oh man, you still, still making fat jokes about me, huh? Oh man, I'm the winded killer He's the James Gandolfini of serial killers
1: <laughs> Well Jerry, after strangling her, he climbed back forward and raped her mm. As she lay dying in the driveway of his own home After that, he carried her body into his garage and dressed it up in clothes and lingerie from his collection, trying different ensembles to satisfy his need for the total possession of another human's body, taking photographs all the while. Hmm. He then committed necrophilia on Jan's body and hung her corpse from a hook in his garage Jeez. only a breezeway away from the home he shared with his wife and two children.
2: Uh, it's not just a breezeway. Uh, we also have a pergola. We have an outside grill. As you can see, it's all made with lovely reclaimed stones. I've got a, uh, a one-person pool. People call it a tub. <laughs> but it's more, it's like a pool. It's an outside pool. Yeah. So there's a lot of things between the, uh, my dark room, quote unquote. I'm, so, I'm sorry to say, dark, 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 quote unquote, and the rest of that. Yeah,
0: <laughs> I'm more concerned about the woman on the meat hook right now. To be, to be honest.
2: Oh yes, yeah. yes, yes.
0: There, you would be. Yes, because <laughs> I'm a human being.
1: <laughs> so this is horrible stuff. He is brutal. Huh? He is, and he gets even worse. My goodness. For five days, Brutos kept Jan's corpse hung in his makeshift dungeon. Jeez. Every day, he would race home from work as fast as he could to repeat the act he committed that first night. Oof. He then, just as he had with Linda Slawson, took a trophy, but this time he would take the term literally in a way I've never heard a serial killer take it. He cut off one of her breasts, filled it with sawdust, and mounted it on a board like one would do with a deer head or a prized fish.
0: Oh, my God. This guy is absolutely brutal. I didn't quite realize. I feel like the shoe fetish part isn't as bad as all the other parts. You're right. The shoe (laughs) fetish portion, I don't see how that was the
2: branding. uh, It's almost like the mounter might work. You could only write about the shoe fetish part. In the newspapers yeah. Yeah. and all the rest of it, it's really hard to say the breast trophy maker killer <laughs> yeah, because it doesn't so. sell like he wanted to. Also, in the, in the transcripts of his, because we learn all this from his confessions, of course, because we're going to learn later on he's super egotistical and he loves everybody to know right. how evil he is. And so when he made it, it's him telling the cop about how like he would separate the breast and then it would. He's like, but the problem is is that the breast always shrinks down to a third of its size once you cut it off. And so you got to make it bigger with sawdust and then you just have a bunch of cops that are forced to take notes on this and i got to say they are not a pleasant it's not a pleasant audience it's not like when you're pulled yeah. off the strip in las vegas to go watch like the remake of everybody loves raymond and then you can rate it <laughs> for <laughs> right, television
0: right. most people enjoy raymond i like that spin off but the thing was as jerry wasn't a taxidermist Ugh. the breast
1: did not turn out quite how he wanted He still kept the damn thing, though, Mm. and Darcy, his wife, actually found it. What the hell is that like? (laughs) What do you mean she found it? (laughs) Yep, she just left it lying around. He told her that it was just an experiment for a novelty paperweight. He left a
2: severed... (laughs) <laughs> what what
0: world is that? He lets a severed boob
2: <laughs> lying around the house? This ask is questions. Oh yes. never be afraid to ask questions. Like in a relationship, <sighs> there is a ha- half of your relationship, hopefully not half of your relationship, but half of your relationship is like two investigative reporters being together. You should not be afraid to ask the hard questions. Like stuff like why are you making breast trophies? Where do the breast trophies come from? And also like Oh, I, I, anything, just like, but like also like, why? Why are you so mad when we watch Prices Right?
0: It also <laughs> doesn't even. It's not even conducive for a paperweight. No,
1: not really. I mean, it's just sawdust. <sighs> well,
2: okay. Well, here's right. the thing about. Wait a second. That's your problem. With I this. have so <laughs> many <laughs> problems. It's, it's not but, a good because technically a foot would be a better paperweight.
0: Yes. A pebble, a rock, anything. <laughs> anyway.
1: Well, okay. Well. Take this perspective on Darcy In this day and age, most of us would run to the police Especially after Jerry's You know, the secrecy, the padlock, the intercom All that, but you gotta remember This is 1968
0: There were still rules
1: (laughs) I mean, we had a modern society Yeah, but I mean, think of it this way though Ted Bundy was still in law school John Wayne Gacy was just managing KFCs And Jeffrey Dahmer was 8 years old
0: I love the This is how we put time into context on this show with what Bundy and Gacy and Dahmer are up to. I just
2: see it all as a slideshow and hear that song, the time after time. Uh, Did you see all like the, the simpler days, like glory days, is playing over like John, John Wayne Gacy just making chicken. Good
0: <laughs> Lord. All right, this is brutal well, stuff here. Well, the
2: phrase serial killer hadn't even been
1: coined yet. And besides Darcy, she had no job, no skills, No money. And again, in 1968, she didn't believe in divorce. She wasn't even a high school graduate. This woman did not know how to survive without Jerry Brudos. All right. So, Darcy, with no real frame of reference and nowhere to go, chose to believe Jerry's novelty paperweight story, and Jerry's carelessness- It's a human boob! <laughs> anyway, I'm over it, but- <laughs> oh, Actually, no, you're not. Oh, okay, it's gonna, good. Because it's going to come back. Oh, but at the same Lord.
2: time, you just lie, and you just say it's a pomegranate. you just <laughs> saying it's anything but a breast. you- because he kept he kept blaming college students. He kept saying like, Oh, this is my buddy's college art project uh-huh. that I have over here at the house. Well because of being like, what high what college students are you hanging out with? Are you is your side life like revenge of the nerds? Yeah. And I didn't realize it where you're like a freshman in college even though you're forty years old?
1: Right. <laughs> (laughs) Well, Jerry's carelessness and arrogance goes even further than that. Brudos actually left Jan Whitney's body hanging from a Mm. hook in the garage for an entire weekend as he and his family left town for a little Thanksgiving expedition. Ah, jeez. While they were gone, a car veered off the road and crashed into Jerry's garage door. It cracked open. Wow. The police came and checked out the scene, but somehow either didn't notice or ignored what happened had to have been the ripe odor of death emanating from inside that garage. And one of them even took a peek inside with a flashlight, but still wasn't able to see a young girl's body decomposing from the ceiling. And again, it's 1968. If they did smell the stench of death, I'm sure they just thought it was a dead cat or something.
2: What are we inferring in these people? (laughs) Hey, Brian, come here. Come come over here. Smell this with me, huh? (laughs) Can you smell that? Yeah, Rodney, come smell this. Come smell this. Just like Brian told me to do. Best leave it alone. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah, No questions asked.
0: Definitely a cat. Oh my goodness! I mean, this was uh, one of those happy accidents. This car plows into the garage. It could have saved multiple lives if they would have just investigated.
1: <laughs> well, all that. Well, listen to this, dude. All it gets right. even weirder. All the cops did was leave behind a card with a number for Jerry to call when he got home because they didn't want to impede on his constitutional rights to have a sex dungeon garage
0: with human boobs on the wall. Illegal search and seizure, Ben. Uh. This is not about the Constitution.
2: <laughs> it always is, Kissel. Uh-huh.
1: Well, Jerry did call the cops as soon as he got home, but not before he took Jan's body out to the water pump shed wrapped in plastic
2: um honey uh what are you doing do you have a body wrapped in plastic uh, no honey no absolutely not of course not. this is a uh, a dummy because i'm making a um kung fu movie yeah <laughs> we're gonna use this thing we're gonna throw it off the roof and it's gonna like we're throwing a real guy off the roof and it's gonna be kind of fun kind of campy right with those nerds that i met <laughs> from the community college it's me it's Burger. a guy named zippy uh-huh. Another guy named Stanley. We're having a great time. One of them plays the guitar. Uh
1: huh. Well, I believe it then. So there the cops were in the middle of a crime scene without a single idea of what had been happening there over the last few days with the murder victim's body just a few yards away in the backyard watershed. That was how arrogant Jerry Brudos was. He could have just as easily gotten rid of the body like he had the other one and then called the cops. But I think for him, it's... I think a lot of stuff for Jerry Brudos, it's like having sex in public. Half the thrill is almost getting caught or the possibility of getting caught. I
2: would also think with, with Jerry Brudos, um, he it's kind of like the H.H. H. Holmes thing too because you keep building up the stakes. It's like it's because psychopaths get bored so easily. So every single time it's just like, how can I like make this the most roundabout way to show just how smart and clever I am more than ever? It's his fucking superiority complex is going through the roof. So this guy
0: is treating this woman like the girl in the ring. Yeah. Just throwing her into this well. Uh, well I mean, shit. I, the shit. I'm getting feelings of, like, the grim sleeper. Where Didn't people know what was going on in the community? Was this one of those uh, kept secrets that everyone's like, yeah, Jerry's a little weird? Well, there were some people uh, later
1: during one of the trials. Some neighbors did testify that they saw some weird shit. But eventually they decided that these people were just kind of looking for attention.
2: Oregonians mm-hmm. are very private and they love murder. And we know that for a fact. And they like it when their their neighbors murder other people because they hate when new people move into Portland <laughs> because they think that they're changing the city for the worse. And so they're like, "Kill them, get them out of here." I know how they work. A, a bold
0: statement about an entire state, <laughs> yeah. but or, or a, Ellie a group Brown of knows
2: exactly what I'm talking about. The people <laughs> that we met in Portland—they are all psychopaths, but very sweet. Oh yeah, yeah. Oregonians
1: are uh, very—they're complex people. Those people in Oregon. I like Oregon. Well, after the police took a statement and left, Jerry brought the body out, loaded it in his car, and got rid of it in the same river Linda Slauson's body had gone into and came back home. Mm. And just like Linda Slauson's, Jan Whitney's body would never be found. But remember, unlike Linda Slauson, Jerry had taken photographs of Linda, photographs that Darcy actually found. Jerry's... Jerry again had an excuse. Like Henry said, the photos of the dead girl, nah, I'm just developing some photos for a
2: college kid that I know it's still of like, a dead even girl. Even if they were just photos <laughs> I mean, from a college kid, they are of a nude woman in high heels. It seems like a very strange relationship that yeah. you have with this child that yeah. you're just doing all these weird ass, of a scared nude woman. Because it's not like she's like fun and happy about it. She right. looks like a woman that's being held captive. Oh no, know.
1: she was dead. Uh, this uh, this one uh, on uh, Jan mm. Whitney. Jan Whitney was dead when they started uh, when he started taking pictures. The live photography would not happen until the next victim. Uh, that's but that's the nice. thing. So we can we can forgive Darcy for not knowing exactly what a dead body looks like. I don't know. But it's a little hard to believe that she didn't notice the pictures had been taken in the exact room she was currently standing in. Yeah, well,
0: I I understand she did not commit these crimes. But my goodness, Darcy, you could have saved some lives
2: here. I then also have time because Squarespace is doing all the other ad work for me to go and work on my killdozer at home. So thank you, Squarespace, for allowing me to diversify in the best way possible for this country. Head to squarespace.com for a free trial when you're ready to launch. Go to squarespace.com slash left to save 10% off your first purchase of a website or domain. This show is sponsored by BetterHelp. It says here I have to talk about something I need to get off my chest and... My God. I hope they can help me. Get it off your chest with BetterHelp. Visit BetterHelp.com slash pod today to get 10% off your first month. That's BetterHelp! H-E-L-P dot com slash LastPod.
1: So, Jerry's cooling-out period was like it is with almost all serial killers getting shorter and shorter. Hmm. While the first was 10 months, the second would be less than half
2: that. It's kind of like when you cook a steak... Uh-huh. And then you have to let it sit so that all the juices can get in it, right? That's what serial killers are like. Because right. if not, you ruin the steak if you let all the juices out for those ten months. Then now five months, the juices are getting sealed up in his guts. Right. So when you carve them open, he's just mmm, molto bene. Mm. So
0: we have been discussing a sexually depraved serial killer, and somehow you managed to make a steak analogy.
2: Yes. All right. Very. <laughs> so you're good. saying you're saying I'm talented. I'm, I'm
0: saying you found a way to get to food.
2: Yes, I'm hungry.
1: So, <laughs> so Karen Elena Sprinkler was back home for spring break on March 27th, 1969. Her plan that day was to meet her mother for lunch at Meyer and Frank's department store Ooh. and then spend a nice afternoon shopping. But Karen would never make it out of the parking garage for there she mm. met Jerry Brudos. Now, Jerry didn't say what he was wearing when he kidnapped Karen, but two witnesses from weeks before said that they had seen a gigantic, freckled woman Mm -hmm. wandering around the parking garage, fiddling with her girdle.
2: It could have just been a large lady. (laughs) Could be. (laughs) It's been unnecessarily maligned by these people.
0: Well, this is the question now. Was Jerry Brudos transgender? No. Absolutely
1: not Not at all all. No No. he just He just liked Wearing women's clothing Because you know Not all uh, cross dressers Are transgender Some of them Just like wearing skirts All right. And Jerry Brutus Was one of those people Where he just kind of Liked wearing um, He just liked Wearing women's clothing Yeah sure Easy easy, breezy
2: Let it flow (laughs) It kind of became A job for him Kind of like how Podcasting was a passion Of ours but now It's our job Where it's like He Uh went from it Being like a tootsie Where technically It was a job It turned into real life To more of a, a Mrs. Doubtfire Yes. Now he's in a Mrs. Doubtfire part where his passion is becoming what he has to do. It's interesting. And that's almost sad for him.
0: It's interesting (laughs) you mentioned clothing when uh, performing your profession. You're currently naked. Again. That is a part (laughs) of this job that I am allowed to do. I see.
2: I am allowed to be like that. Uh,
0: It's funny you mentioned Tootsie. I haven't thought about that movie in a long time. We watched it as a family when I was like 10 years old. Uh, And then afterwards, my father went on a long diatribe about how it's not appropriate to dress like a woman. (laughs) Uh, But then two of his sons are gay. Look at that.
1: Yeah. Yeah. No. Upon closer inspection, these uh, witnesses that saw the gigantic freckled woman, uh, obviously a man as Jerry Brudos didn't have exactly what you'd call feminine features. Mm. Uh, Disgusting
2: Marcus. (laughs) How dare
1: you. How dare I say that this pig-faced serial killer did not have feminine
2: features? How dare I? He was beautiful to himself, he was. and he does not need to I be beautiful be. to anyone else. Well, Jerry
1: dressing up and hanging out in the parking garage—it shows that Jerry Brutus was at the very least scouting, as he was no longer content with just chance encounters like mm. his two previous murders had been. Now, his first choice that day had been a cute brunette wearing a miniskirt and heels walking into Meyer and Frank's. But after he parked his car to go look for her, he couldn't find her anywhere. He walked back out to the garage and saw Karen Sprinkler getting out of her car. She wasn't exactly his type, but he decided she'd have to do. Mm. Just as she was about to walk into the store, Jerry stood in the doorway and pulled a gun on her. He told her that if she didn't scream and just came with him, he wouldn't hurt her. And so she followed him to his car and got in.
2: Oh, and I actually heard that he got this tip from, uh, uh, it's called a, How to Date Like a Libertarian. was in, <laughs> really? in the book. And it was very, very... I don't think you know what a libertarian is. I
0: don't know if libertarians know what libertarians are.
2: <laughs> I know that I'm wearing a libertarian's uniform right now.
0: Again, no clothes at all, except for headphones. <laughs>
2: So Jerry
1: drove her back to his house, took her inside, and told her to strip. He forced her at gunpoint to model in various lingerie from his collection as he took pictures before tying a noose around her neck. Mm. The other end of the rope was attached to a hook on a come-along winch. Then he slowly ratcheted the rope inch by inch until her toes could no longer touch the ground, and he left her there to die as he went inside for lunch and a cartoon.
2: Oh, God, and you know it was Popeye. <laughs> yeah, it was Pope definitely Pie. Popeye because that's what would keep my attention. I
0: could see that. Maybe
2: Animaniacs. No. Uh, this
0: was 1968. No I Animaniacs. Know. Oh, well, let's no just, Animaniacs. well, Let's just pretend. <laughs> I love Animaniacs. It holds up. So this guy, first of all, it's interesting that he did all this on an empty stomach. Yeah. No. Uh, second of all, he was so calm, he could just go eat lunch while this woman is dying in a shed or in his garage. Well, this all happened at, like, noon.
2: Yeah, it was, like, in the middle of the afternoon, right? It was, like, 1 p.m. He was very, like, his whole his whole thing was about having a superiority complex. He loved the idea of just doing it and then walking away like a king while someone else was essentially the, the winch and the rope were doing the hard work. He was noon fuck all. It was like he was supervisor. He was immediately office spacing his own murders because he could.
1: Well, when he got back, she was dead. Door to death, Karen Sprinkler's ordeal had lasted an hour.
2: Now, this may be actually a a controversial thing, but when I first saw the term Come Along Winch... I thought that it was a job at a Ren fair. <laughs> uh, I see. I've never been
0: to one of those, but I'd like to go. They're really fun. Yeah, I've heard they're, they're good fun. times. A lot mm-hmm. of meat on sticks. It's where we can be ourselves, Kissel. All right, I'm just concerned that a, someone cosplaying as a king would make me a bench. <laughs> and then they sit on me. And I, I would be so upset the whole time. Just because you're in the Ren fair doesn't mean you're all of a sudden in medieval times again. They have the
1: same laws that we have here in America. If a king makes you a bench, you're you've got to be the bench. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, Well, Jerry again cut off the brisk, hoping to give his paperweight gag one more shot. Jeez. This one was a little more successful, so he displayed it in his home on his mantle oh. in full view for all the world
2: to see. Oh, my so God. What
0: so is, what is going on with the wife here? She has got a boob mounted on the wall <laughs> in their in their uh, living room. At some point, she should speak up, right? right. The boob's mounted in the garage. The boob either there, the there are room. boobs mounted in the
1: house. Whenever there's it's a boob, mounted, mount- it's just sitting on the mantle. Yeah. It's a different than
2: a mount. <sighs> <laughs> She's just got a Republican senator's wife's attitude, uh-huh. which is laissez faire. You know, just like letting it be whatever yep. it's going to be. Don't go in the basement,
0: don't go in the garage. I'm Mitch McConnell's wife. <laughs> but you just don't want to go in there because it's
2: just filled with his obnoxious toy train. No, that's possible.
0: <laughs> but
1: before Jerry Brutos got to that project, he had to get rid of the body. As he cut off the breasts, He stuffed her bra with brown paper towels to keep the wounds from bleeding all over his car seats. Mm. He then drove the body to the Bundy Bridge, tied it to an engine block, and pushed the bundle over the railing into the Long Tom River. Mm. Now, you know, between Bundy Bridge... Ted Bundy, Bundy Drive, where Nicole Brown and Ron Goldman were murdered, and Carol Bundy of the Sunset Strip Killers. I'm starting to think maybe there's something fucking up with this Bundy name.
0: Yep, yep. and think yep. about Al Bundy and, <laughs> and the group that he had, No Ma'am. Yeah, no Ma'am,
2: which now which is very inappropriate, very, very inappropriate. That's why I say if you see a Bundy, change it. To a bum D, oh, the give b- it an M.
0: <laughs> the Bumby family sounds like they're always late to Six Flags.
2: They're rushing. They're rushing. God dang it, we're Bumbies. It's a it's a family that's all mentally handicapped, but they call themselves hobbits, and that's how mm-hmm. they hide it.
1: <laughs> so, less than a month after Jerry Brudos murdered Karen Sprinkler in his garage, he attempted his third murder again by trying to take a woman hostage in a parking garage. But this mm. time, he would fail. Good. 24-year-old Sharon Wood was walking to her car on the way to meet her soon-to-be ex-husband to discuss divorce proceedings when she heard footsteps behind her. They got closer and closer until she felt a tap 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 on her shoulder. She turned around to see Jerry Brudos pointing a gun. Mm. He again said if she didn't scream, he wouldn't hurt her, but Sharon decided there was no way in hell she was going with this guy, so she fought back and screamed as loud as she could.
0: You just cannot fight a woman on the way
2: to a divorce. (laughs) No,
0: never mess with someone going through a divorce. She has been fighting for a year, at least. Never mess with a a mother and her baby or a person going through a divorce. They have a hair trigger, and they are ready to kill. That's what she said. She said that she was full of adrenaline. And yeah. so when
1: Jerry Bros, when this guy, when this dumpy shit came up and pointed a gun at her, she snapped.
0: Yeah. She just lost it. Fuck I mean, she yes. must have, like, slowly done, like, kind of a, like, a one of those really cryptic laughs where it's like, huh. <laughs> you trying to kidnap? <laughs> mm, today. Huh. today. Today. Huh. you huh. want we're to kidnap? This? Another man, huh? huh? Another man wanted to kidnap me for a couple of hours, huh? Big, Maybe take fat, my life away, huh? fat
2: freckled piece of shit. I could see your panties <laughs> hanging out of your pants. You want to fuck me today? <laughs> fuck with Sharon today? Well, ma'am, I am, I I, I, I
0: I did not know you were going through a divorce, madam So, Brudos put his
2: hand
1: over her mouth, but Karen bit down hard and didn't let go. Jerry then grabbed her hair with his other hand and slammed her head on the pavement Mm. to try to pry her loose. But Sharon had bought herself enough time, for at that moment, a car came driving into the garage, and Brudos got scared and ran away. Hmm. And when police arrived, the woman had three words to describe her attacker.
2: Big, red, and freckled. I don't like it. If if you combined all three of us, we would become Jerry Brudos. We are the Captain Planet team of Jerry Brudos. Physically. Physically. Yes, of course. (laughs)
0: Physically. And that's kind of what, it irks me. I'm just going to say that about this entire story. His, the, his physical description. Size of Ben, hair of Henry, <laughs> freckle of Marcus. Uh, Good yes. Lord. And
2: it's also,
0: what are we going to do with all these boobs that we have to mount on the wall? Oh, God. So the next day,
1: Brudos tried to kidnap a 15-year-old girl, but mm. she too got away again, given the big red freckle description. Then Brudos tried for a 12-year-old girl, mm. but she got away as well. After three unsuccessful kidnappings in a row, Jerry decided that maybe brute force wasn't his forte, right. and so he reverted to what had worked the first two
2: times—trickery. At this point, he's really jacked up because he he tried to basically lower his—not lower his standards, but do the thing of being like, "I'm going to make this easier for me by making my victim younger and younger." And he kept fucking it up. So now he's like horny and mad and just raring to go and I guess and then he moves towards being a Gandalf like he moves towards like being like a card magician
0: oh I see kind of the Chris Angel of serial killers huh?
2: but now this is the
0: first time he's gone that young right I mean because yeah uh, uh, it's very I'm just going to say you know what Marcus what I denounce (laughs) I denounce Jerry Brudos and his actions very strong denouncement thank you
1: So what Jerry did for his next trick is he bought a fake police badge and a fake police uniform Mm. counting on the public's trust of institutions to catch a victim, and he found that victim in 22-year-old Linda Sally. Mm. Now, since Jerry's cover was essentially blown in parking garages across the greater Salem area, he headed up to Lloyd Shopping Center in Portland. And there, on April 23rd, 1969, he found Linda Sally, who had just bought presents for her boyfriend's birthday. Mm. And according to Jerry, he walked up to her, flashed his fake badge, and told her there had been a rash of shoplifting cases at the mall recently, and that she matched the description of the prime suspect. Hey,
2: hello. my name is Officer Brutus. You may know me. This is my badge right here. I'm part of the FBI female body inspectors. <laughs> yeah, you, you. <laughs> 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 it's a joke I've had since I was a kid. It's funny. No, I'm really with the Federal Bureau of, Ex- uh, uh, of inspectation. Uh-huh. Is that the term, Inspec- <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Jerry Bruda.
0: So he convinced this woman that he was a cop somehow. Somehow. Well, he had the fake badge. He had the fake uniform.
1: And this is 1968. People, I mean, the, the trust in the public institutions was starting to fall just a little bit. Yeah, but, you know, so. you know, some girl living in Salem, Oregon, some guy in a cop uniform with a badge says, come with me, probably going to go with him.
0: But there's, it's not like he has a cop car. No. Or any information or understanding of what being a police officer is? Yeah, he, he did not. But the thing is, that
1: at this point, this girl's probably more afraid of getting into trouble mm. than she is of getting murdered. You know, that's a much more reasonable thing to go through her head. It's like, I'd better go with this cop or else I might get in trouble. I don't want to get in trouble. And if <sighs> I just go with this guy, then nothing bad is going to happen to me. Yeah. And that's the great irony of it. It's right. her trying to prevent something bad from happening is what actually...
2: Leads to her murder. Yeah. Never trust anyone. <laughs> That's right. Never trust anyone. You know. I want to see the cop car. I want to see the numbers on the badge. Yeah. <laughs> we're go- if I'm going into an ambulance. I want to check. You better check them sirens. Yeah. <laughs> before I believe that this is an ambulance.
0: I do not trust that I am being arrested by a police officer until I am fully beat up. In handcuffs, (laughs) sitting in jail. And then I say, I think they might have been real cops.
2: You got me. You got me, guys. I trust you now.
0: No, I agree. Don't trust anyone. All we have to do is follow Stone Cold Steve Austin's T-shirts. Which is? DTA. Don't trust anybody. (laughs) Anything that can fit on a Stone Cold Austin T-shirt, that's all you need.
1: Well, if Linda Sally's fear shifted from getting into trouble to physical harm as they drove an hour back to Salem instead of the police station, she didn't say a word on the entire drive, Mm. according to Jerry. And she didn't say a word when Jerry directed her to enter his garage.
2: There, he Mm. tied her up and went to eat dinner. He's always doing this stuff hungry. Like you said, Kissel. It was like I was reading about like Terry Crews. He he wakes (laughs) up and he works out first thing and he doesn't eat till 2 p.m. He's doing all this hungry. Really? Yeah.
0: Wow. I guess it's sort of like a Snickers commercial here, the Jerry Brudos edition, uh, which is, uh, it would be a dark line of commercials for Snickers to go down.
2: (laughs) (laughs) Ah, Jules. Oh, Jules. Make a wife smile today. The road to getting engaged can be long and full of memories and pitfalls and landmines, or it can be short and thrilling like a roller coaster on the way to the police department. But the road to finding the perfect engagement ring is a straightforward path every time. All you've got to do is head over to BlueNile.com and they are going to ship them rocks straight to your wife's new fingers. On BlueNile.com, you can create a bigger, more brilliant piece than you can imagine at a price you won't find at a traditional jeweler. Blue Nile is the original online jeweler since 1999. That's present time to me. Their diamond price guarantee means that in most cases they can meet or beat a competitor's price on a comparable diamond. I know when I got my wife a beautiful Blue Nile necklace, the first thing she did was, what did you do? But afterwards, she was so happy to have it, and she loved it, and she wore it, when we went on vacation, and own. Did everybody come around being like, Where'd you get that piece, you beautiful woman? And I was like, Stop talking to my wife. She's spoken for. You can see it with the Blue Nile bling she's got on her. Right now, get $50 off your purchase of $500 or more with code lastpodcast at bluenile.com. That's $50 off with code lastpodcast at bluenile.com. Bluenile.com. One in five Americans have learned a new language on their bucket list. If that's you, make 2024 the year you finally check it off the list with Babbel. Be a better you in 2024 with Babbel, the science-backed language learning app that actually works. Don't pay hundreds of dollars for private tutors. It's a waste. Don't waste hours on apps. Besides appetizers, that's the kind of apps I like. Babbel's quick 10-minute lessons are handcrafted by over 200 language experts to help you start speaking a new language in as little as three weeks. Did you know that empanada is already Spanish? I didn't. Thanks, Babbel. Did you know that burrito is already Spanish? Wow. I just got to learn all the rest. And eventually, I'm going to be eating downtown Mexico. Thanks, Babbel. Here's a special limited time deal for our listeners. Right now, get 60% off your Babbel subscription, but only for our listeners at babbel.com slash left. Get up to 60% off at babbel.com slash left, spelled dot com slash left. Rules and restrictions may apply
1: Well, after Jerry got back from dinner, he found that Linda had broken free from her ropes, but instead of trying to escape or use the phone that was right there in the garage, Linda was just sitting there waiting. I mean, this. What m- is going on here? Well, you know, this might seem a little baffling. It but- seems
0: extremely baffling. Just get out of there.
1: Well, it's actually a well-documented reaction to kidnapping. Uh, I read this article. It was uh, published in the Journal of Royal Society of the Royal Society of Medicine. Uh, sounds like they focus on <laughs> spina bifida the most.
2: Very good, very good, Marcus.
1: Thank you. But these two writers, David Alexander and uh, Susan Klein, they wrote that in some kidnappings, certain personality types uh, will respond with what's called frozen fright. Hmm. In frozen fright, the victim's normal emotional reactions are completely paralyzed. In more extended kidnapping scenarios, some people suffer from what's called learned helplessness in which the person believes nothing they do can help their situation. And it's very possible that Hmm. Linda Sally fell victim to this symptom almost immediately upon figuring out that Jerry Brudos was definitely not a police officer and definitely meant her harm because, you know, as far as it could be with her, you know, she was just waiting for him to take her home. She's like well I guess I'm just here but if I sit here and wait then maybe he'll just take me home and not hurt me
2: yeah and do whatever I would we'll do whatever he wants we'll get this over with and then we'll we'll this will be over and then at the same time Jerry Brutus is looking at all this is that it's it's a technically fulfilling his even deeper fantasies because there's a part of him where he sees that she's broken away and hasn't escaped and he's like she's flipped she now loves me uh, this is all consensual this is all great and it's a thing that he always wanted like total control over someone and in but he's also, you know, a very sick person. Well, the thing is about Jerry is that, you know, he wanted, he, he, all, he liked her
1: being so submissive. But right. what he really wanted to do is he wanted to possess the body totally. He didn't want a living woman. He just wanted um, the body. He just wanted right. a doll. So he tied her back up. He looped a noose around her neck, just as he had with Karen Sprinkler, and again slowly winched the rope along until she choked to death. And again, he committed necrophilia. But this time, he decided to try an experiment. He hung her corpse on a hook, stuck hypodermic needles into her rib cage, and ran electricity through the metal. He said he wanted to see if he could use the current to make the corpse "quote unquote" dance.
0: Okay, so he's got this woman acting like I believe Kim Basiner and Tom Petty's uh, "Last Dance with Mary Jane," kind of, sorta. So yeah. he's dancing again. What is happening? He's in a garage don't the neighbors notice or the family at some point you have to understand there's like a bunch of experiments going on in this garage and it's not like totally normal what's he building what's there? he building and then you open it up and you just see him dancing with a corpse
1: <laughs> well no not not literally dancing uh when i say dance he said what was the exact quote he said he wanted to make her wanted to watch her jump like a frog in a skillet
2: yeah oh, yeah good. yeah he didn't think he was gonna plug her in and she was gonna turn into lady gaga uh. You know what i mean and that's fucked up to say that's but he didn't think say. that he thought it was just gonna, he thought he was gonna he thought it was gonna wiggle around, but it didn't because uh-huh. he didn't have enough cu- fucking he didn't have enough current or just whatever. He's just bad at it, right? You know we do dark humor on the show. <laughs>
0: That's what I always say. We, we yeah. do, we do, we do. But we, I
2: will say. I scream for hours in this room in my apartment complex, and no one says anything. Yeah. Except someone did ask me. I was at the community grill, and it, and it was like I was grilling something, and like in the front of my apartment complex, and someone walked past and asked me if I was the guy who's always screaming in accents. <laughs> and I said yes.
0: Wow. Well, that's an interesting way to call you racist.
2: I am just saying that they are trapped in here with me. I'm not trapped in here with uh-huh. them. Uh
1: huh. So when the body did nothing that Jerry wanted it to, he took it down and again threw it over the Bundy Bridge, weighed down by a Chevrolet transmission. Mm. And thankfully, Linda Sally would be the last victim of the shoe fetish slayer.
0: Oh, thank goodness. And within two months, Jerry Brudos would be behind bars. Yeah. Now, even. It though, definitely doesn't seem
2: like a good advertisement for
0: Chevy. <laughs> I, I think if you're Chevy, I a, you. Yeah. It was very
2: irresponsible for them to do the commercial where it showed like a woman's, like, well, like, undeformed body floating in a plastic tarp and it was tied with a chain to an engine block and they lift it up and they're like, Hyundai, no wonder it didn't sink.
0: <laughs> it's not made know. Of the,
2: the right material. Uh-huh. Like a rock! I don't think that's what they meant
0: with the like a rock slogan. uh Yes. If you are Chevy, and you want to distance yourself from this character. You,
1: you very much do. And you know what? You know, I say that Jerry Brudos was caught within two months. You know, we really haven't mentioned it so far, but the cops have been meticulously searching for all of these women this mm. entire time. I mean, the cops in this story are super cops. These guys were one hell of a team. uh well, the thing was, though, is that the bodies of Linda Slauson and Jan Whitney, they were never found, as we mm. said. So there re- weren't really many clues to go on with them. The only thing anyone knew about where Linda Slauson went was the general neighborhood uh, where she went to go sell the encyclopedias because her company didn't keep records of the exact houses their salesmen went to. And Jan Whitney had just seemed to vanish into thin air from a broken down car. Hmm. And the two dudes who could have identified Jerry from Jan Whitney's broken car, it probably split by that point, mm. never knowing anything had gone wrong.
2: Hippies have the memories of goldfish. They only remember the the most righteous bong hit they've ever taken uh-huh. and and how long it is they've... How, what is the longest they've ever noodled? Which is, I've heard, at its peak, is seven hours and 14 minutes. is the longest single string of noodle that a hippie's ever
0: done. Wow. Wow. So, uh, these it's it's fortunate it wasn't worse Uh, You know, because like you were saying with the good uh, police work here, but these guys could have probably stopped all of this from happening in the first place. I mean, if they would have seen when the pictures of Linda, when the pictures of Jan
1: Whitney went up around town, if they would have seen the pictures and like, oh, that was that girl and she went off with that guy, then they very much could, Mm. they very well could have caught Jerry Brudos after the second murder. Uh, But unfortunately, either the guys didn't remember it or they weren't around uh, or just didn't say anything just didn't feel like saying anything i'm going to go with henry and say they probably just didn't remember <laughs> yes well all that changed when the body of linda sally was found floating in the long tom river mm. the body had been weighed down but jerry had botched the job so the corpse would spot it, was spotted by a couple of citizens out on a father-son fishing trip
2: nothing huh. brings a father and son closer together than finding a nude dead woman's body because you can see how each other reacts (laughs) i guess so if you know that something's wrong with your son if immediately jumps on it and starts chewing on it like it's a cedar wheel in a hamster cage
0: yeah you got some issues with your kid there i used to go um fishing with my father but we both hated it so why did you go i have no idea uh he's an he's an immigrant so he just wanted to do an american thing and then we hate worms and 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 water we're not supposed to be on it. No.
2: <laughs> Banked was never supposed to be in a tiny boat. No. If Banked ever went into a tiny boat, it was only, to, uh, only on the estuaries of Uruguay. That's where he belonged. That's, and that's where his
0: family was. Mm, thank you, Henry. Beautiful Now
2: while searching for more
1: clues Divers also found the body of Karen Sprinkler Just 50 feet away When they inspected the knots Used to tie the bodies to the weights They found that whoever had done the knots Had used what was called underwriters knots Hmm. And these knots were specifically used By electricians Hmm. And so police had their first real clue after Linda Selli, Brudos decided to change venues and tactics for his next victim. Just simply abducting or tricking women wasn't enough for him anymore. Now mm. he wanted to play with them psychologically. Jerry started haunting Oregon State University, hanging around campus, and bothering women to go out on a date with him. And when that didn't work, he started calling dorms, asking for Pam or Susan or Tanya, just random names in the hopes that he
0: would be connected with
2: anyone. Hi, excuse me. I'm looking for, uh, is LaQuinta her?
0: <laughs> uh, is is LaQuinta there? Uh, you called the LaQuinta Inn. Uh, we don't actually have anyone named Oh, with, uh, yeah, yeah,
2: yeah. Yeah, 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 yeah. Maybe it's not so common name there. So do you have a, um... Is there a Howard Johnson there? (laughs) No, that's it. I mean, I'm just looking at lists of hotels.
0: Yeah. Are you looking at
2: women's names? And he was
1: actually successful with this three times. And each time he told the girl on the other end, and this is what he opened with, is that he was a Vietnam vet with ESP. Oh, my good. Did he mean
0: PTSD? <laughs> <laughs> nope. You meant ESP.
2: Actually, it's more like I'm a I, I should have finished this with ESPN. Ah. I have all of the ESPNs. I have one through nine. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Because you can watch all the pool that you want to watch, all the billiards on ESPN <laughs> 6. And then ESPN 9 is just John Madden stuck on a toilet, <laughs>
0: on a, on a cam. Oh, man. I, well, I think that channel would do
1: fairly well, actually. He would then ask them out for, quote-unquote, coke and conversation. Ugh. Not co- not cocaine. Oh, okay. Coca-co- Coca-Cola. Well, do cocaine, <laughs> and then you're going to have a lot of conversation. You're going to have a lot of conversation. Well, the first two girls he called turned him down, but the third said yes. They got together for a date, and Jerry was a creep almost immediately. Because by this time, the murders of Linda Sally and Karen Sprinkler were common knowledge. So Jerry decided, as a lot of these guys do, to talk hypothetically about the murders. So this is his sort of
0: if I did it moment. Yes, it is.
1: Well, it's the same thing that uh, Ed Kemper did when uh, he went over to the cop bar and he would talk to them about uh, the murders that he had committed hypothetically. He's like, well, if I was this guy, I might have done this or I might have done that. Or John Wayne Gacy doing the ride-alongs with the cops that were following after the uh, Disappearance of Robert Peist mm. uh, These guys do this a lot And, and this is like Kind of a psychological flaw in these guys mm. that it's still like it's another way for them to feel superior
2: and we're going to see this extend to the police, but it started off with the women as it's it, and we're saying he is uh, getting off sexually on this on seeing them being made uncomfortable about him talking about the crimes that are happening and he likes it because it's it shows it basically putting him in a power position immediately where women are kind of already on guard and now he's needling them like talking about this very fucking frightening real thing that's happening all around them to girls that look just like them. Yeah, yeah. so you got this guy who is like
0: uh, Ignatius from Confederacy of Dunces. (laughs) Kind of. Just obnoxious, fat, disgusting, hanging around college campus. Again, were there any red flags? There's a lot of red flags here. Uh,
2: yeah, like no one is really picking up on. Twenty four seven, you never <laughs> just randomly answer a fucking phone call. I guess technically Tinder's the same thing. I guess you're just meeting up with randos. They could be, they could say whatever it is that they want about what they are and what they do. Well, first,
1: when Jerry was out on the date, he asked the girl how she knew Jerry wasn't going to take her to the river and strangle her. That's what he opened with.
2: Do you think it's just because I look too kind, or do you think it's because I look too? fucking awesome you know when I was a child in high school I didn't have a lot of time for classes because I was too busy going to a mental asylum That so. <laughs> was pretty cool I had stuff going on
0: well you should have clarified coke in extremely creepy conversation
1: <laughs> and then he said and this is an actual quote from him this is what the girl said that Jerry told her
2: okay think something sad think about those two girls that were killed yeah I'll start with that that was an awful thing that happened right isn't it fucking bad? Right? Now think about something else sad. Think about, like, the Buffalo Bills <laughs> and how they lost four Super Bowls in a row. That's sad. It's extremely sad. I also
0: love, again, when Jerry Brudos slowly becomes Charles Ng. <laughs> yes, I, yes, this yes, is, like, my true. favorite bizarre muddled right accent in, uh, in a while. <laughs> and who is more annoying? Charles Ng or Jerry Brutus more annoying?
2: <sighs> I think Charles Ng only because... Of his just the strength of his character. <laughs> Charles Ng is just a he's louder. I'd say he's five decibels louder than Jerry Brutos. It's so just a matter of volume. Yeah, yeah,
1: yeah. Jerry Brudos isn't in the break room practicing martial arts and screaming <laughs> like
0: Charles Ng was. <laughs> you do
2: not know what I bitch in the bankrupt!
0: <laughs> oh my goodness. I love the uh, I love the conversations that uh, this show uh, inspires. <laughs> Thank you. Well Jerry followed the think about
1: something sad opener uh, by asking this girl why she wanted to be raped like the other girls Ugh. and he then ended the date by saying he needed to go work on an engine again referencing the girls in the river he's just trying oh to be God. as creepy as creepy and as awful as he possibly can be
2: yeah you have understand how what a struggle it is you know what I mean because I tried Toyotas but they just weren't They weren't doing anything right, and then I went over and I tried a Fiat engine, and it just didn't really Mm. fucking, that didn't get for me either, but really it was just when I got the Chevy, I was like, now this right here, this is like (laughs) a (laughs) rack.
1: But thankfully, instead of just trying to write it off as just a bad date, the girl immediately called the police when she Good. got home. Uh, and since the papers had never reported the sexual assault, mm. police knew this was something worth looking into. Because, you know, I'm sure there were plenty of people calling in with tips, but since he had not—this is why cops don't release all the uh, right. details from a crime. Right. is because they're waiting for somebody to trip up. Yep. Yeah, and Jerry Brudos tripped up. And what's more is Linda Sally was a student at OSU, so police had already been canvassing the area asking about suspicious characters. And women had already told them about the flabby, freckled 30 something bothering women around campus. Hmm. And now a person with that same description had given details about the murders that weren't public knowledge. Hmm. And Jerry hadn't left a number So police told the co-ed to call them As soon as Jerry called back And a few weeks later he did He told her that he was in the neighborhood And asked if she could meet him in about 15 minutes mm. Because of course like he's thinking He's planned it right. he, He's thinking this is going to be the woman. This is going to be the day I'm going to make her go- come down as fast as she can So she doesn't have time to think about it And I can surprise her but she told him that she'd be ready in an hour.
2: You do it; it's a very common thing that they do on uh, cold calls and sales and shit like that. The idea is that you you basically raise the stakes and you say shit of being like you have to do this right now, right? And you, may, and you put a weird sense of of anxiety in someone. I uh, being like this, you got to come in and, and like you, we got to jump on this deal right now. This is a deal. This is coke and conversation, right. <laughs> And it doesn't come around that often. Yeah. And after she
1: told him she'd meet him in an hour, she hung up and called the cops immediately. Uh, and when Jerry showed up an hour later, the The police were there waiting for him. Nice. And Jerry, probably not knowing that the Nazis to weigh down the bodies had given away his profession, freely offered up that he was an electrician by
2: chance Honestly, it's very creepy. So the cops came, Jerry was sitting in the lobby waiting for her to come down, and he saw the cops, and he did not react at all. Like, they, they came, and they asked him, like, what's up? He's saying we're just asking, we're canvassing for people in the neighborhood, just asking questions, we're looking for this killer. And he just laid this whole line down. Be like, yeah, I'm just an electrician, I'm here in town, I'm, where, I'm helping my buddy work on a project. Uh, and yeah, and I'm just here, I'm just a killing time. Killing time in this lobby. So he lied, not knowing that he w- was already be like they were casing him, and he didn't think about it, but he thought he was being super fucking smart. So he lied and then left yeah. right. so he he's having
0: his uh, Chris Hansen Dateline NBC moment. Mm-hmm. Uh, I, I don't know if they offered him cookies, um, <laughs> which is always the strangest thing about that show to catch, to catch a cookies, predator.
2: Lemonade. It would be interesting
0: to be a producer on that show with the just just in charge of the food. Yeah. I'm, on, just, I'm in charge of snacks. Make sure
2: there's cookies. And then you think about those people. Once you realize that you aren't ca- to catch a predator, you should start slamming those cookies because that's the last <laughs> time you're going to get good cookies. Oh, yeah. You know, those
1: are the last cookies you're ever going to yeah, have,
2: man. Very unfortunate
1: you
0: guys gave me macadamia nut cookies. It's my least favorite cookie. Yeah. Um, <laughs>
1: Well, Jerry, he gave the cops his real name, and he gave them his real address. They went to his house, and Jerry freely volunteered that he'd been living in the same neighborhood where Linda Slauson had disappeared the previous year. Mm. And he freely offered up that he regularly drove along I-5 where Jan Whitney's car was found. Uh, And as far as murders number three and four went, the department store where Jerry abducted Karen Sprinkler was only a few miles from his house, and the spot in the river where he dumped their bodies was only a few miles from where he worked. Hmm. But it's actually
2: okay because what you do is is that they – but what we know about serial killers, especially now, is that they work in a very small radius. Unless they are really, really booking around like like Richard Ramirez did in order to try to, like, throw off the scent and all that bullshit. If you're not aware, which especially at the time, there's no writings about serial killers, you keep it all – like, they know that there's a central spoke. And as soon as they see, like, oh, shit, all the stuff's between – within an easy, a- easy access of this shit, it's right there. And the guy's an electrician. It's right there. We just need to watch his ass. Yeah, and I don't know if Richard Ramirez could ever throw off the scent. Horrible breath, <laughs> horrible breath on this. Horrible guy. breath. Yeah,
1: because at this point, all of this stuff is is totally circumstantial. Right. He just happened to be in the same area, and he just happens yeah. to, but you know, he just happens to be an electrician, and uh, the knots just happen to be tied the way an electrician ties the knots, and he happens to uh, match the description of a creepy guy going around bothering women. It's
0: adding up pretty quick it's, here. It's
1: definitely adding yeah. up, but it's still circumstantial. This right. stuff isn't going to hold up in a court of law. But then Jerry let the cops search his garage. And there... (laughs) Incredible. Oh, no! (laughs) And there, cops saw wires tied in underwriter's knots, just like the knots on the bodies. So while Jerry was talking about God knows what, one of the cops slipped a knot into his pocket. Hmm. And then the investigators happened to notice just how much goddamn nylon rope was lying around. Now, it is impossible to imagine how someone... Could have this much arrogance, but Jerry actually suggested, without prompting, that cops should take a piece of the
2: rope with them. Yeah. Hey, couldn't help but you know, notice you're looking at all my piles of rope, huh? It's kind of fun, right? I'm like a cool guy. You don't really <laughs> see a lot of guys who got a lot of rope, you know what I mean? Most of the time, because I was in high school, I spent half the time in a mental asylum, so yeah. it made me pretty cool, so I keep all these piles of rope around, so you can take a picture to last longer, but you don't even <laughs> last longer than a picture, just have some rope. Go have some Have some to spare You enjoy Enjoy yourself Go on, play with it Do whatever you got to do it. Look at this uh, You hang it You fly it's like A thin little penis But then if you, you put it In a bowl It's like a th- bunch Of spaghetti You can that do anything You want with the rope
0: Those are two things That you could theoretically Do with the rope
2: You can also hang up A bunch of girls From the ceiling with it
0: uh, okay. Anyway <laughs> All right, so he really, in his mind, he's like proving he's tr- he he thinks he's out
1: um, smarting them. Yeah, he thinks he completely thinks he's outsmarting <laughs> them, and he's. It's like I was saying earlier about uh, the thrill. Uh, half of the thrill being the possibility of getting caught. The closer he gets to getting caught and still getting away with it, the bigger the thrill is.
2: Mm. Yeah, he's ratcheting up. He's ratcheting up is like it's it's making him a hard little dumpling. Yeah, the longer this is filled and filled up with the shit, it's. Really really ratcheting up. And he also at this point he says in his confessions later on is that he thought that they couldn't get anything on him cuz he got rid of the bodies. He's like they need the bodies, they need all the weapons, they need all the shit but you don't realize like what he's doing. He just thinks he's brilliant. He's a piece of shit.
1: Yeah, and he actually Ugh.
2: cut a piece himself
1: from the same coil of rope he'd used to tie his victims' bodies to automotive parts to keep them from floating to the surface. Hmm. And of course the crime labs immediately matched the wire, the rope, and the knots from the garage to the river. And along with the positive identification from the twelve year old girl Jerry had tried to abduct months earlier, police had enough to arrest Jerry Brudos within days of first meeting this guy, if awesome. not if not before. Good. Uh and Brudos was caught on May thirtieth, nineteen sixty-nine as he and his family were driving bags packed to the Canadian border. It only took a few hours in the box for Jerry to confess to all of his crimes.
2: And it seemed like he really wanted to. Like, honestly, all of this was him sort of opening up to the cops. He likes being a part of the investigation of himself mm-hmm, right. because it fits something with him. Uh, and what I thought it was very interesting was that when they arrested him. He was asleep in the back seat while his wife was driving. And when they took him back to get changed to be put in prison clothes, he took off his pants and he was wearing a set of satin panties. And they all looked at him and he was like, my skin is very sensitive.
0: <laughs> huh. That's exactly what he said. Well, I guess he doesn't get to keep the panties, huh? He did not get to keep the
2: panties. But he's right, though. Honestly, I've looked at it like panties are made out of nice material. They're super soft. Mm-hmm. The me undies are very similar to that. That's a mm-hmm. good plug for them because they're very soft, and it's very nice on your balls and, you, and on your butthole because I have no, I have very little butt meat. Hold on a second so here, it's here nice Henry. So nice to have the sauce fabric up against my butthole. Are you wearing panties on a regular basis now? Look. Don't. No, these are boxer briefs. These are boxer briefs. These are boxer briefs. No, I won't wear panties because I tried to wear satin boxers once and my asshole just chewed them up like it was fucking Carl oh. Reiner trying to make its way through a turkey dinner. Like, oh my not. goodness! Yeah, I can't wear satin.
0: All right. Well, that concludes Henry's underwear portion of the show. Hopefully, we never return to that segment.
2: Panties are
1: fun, but it's all oh, right. A I don't want it. Can we it's move? It's not a long-term solution uh. because they, there's no room for I, the junk. You got to tuck. I, it. I get it. You got to tuck it back. You gotta I really tuck yes. it back up. No, low.
2: you need something with a tube. You need I something understand. Something that holds all the mess in there. Something that holds <laughs> all the, uh-huh. the bungees in there. Well,
1: Jerry, even though he had already <laughs> confessed, he still thought that he could get away with everything. Oh my God. The day after he confessed, in detail, he called Darcy and told her to burn all of his photographs and a bag of clothes he had in the garage.
2: Why do you want me to burn what? Because that's what she said, is that she also had no clue what he was talking about. She's like, what bag of clothes you had in the garage? What kind of shit do you have in the attic? And she walked up there and it was just filled with all these panties that were not her panties. Ooh, she in
0: for a surprise? I don't know. This Darcy woman seems very complicit, and now she's acting like Madeline Kahn in the movie Clue. She's burning all the photos. (laughs) Uh, This puts her, in my opinion, uh, in the realm of criminality. Well, she did not
1: burn the most incriminating photos. But she burned some of the photos. She she burned a couple of photos, and the general theory uh, is that she only burned a couple of the photos so she could have a bit of an insurance policy in case Jerry ever did actually get away with it. If he? ever. He did get away it with it. Yep. Anyway. I mean, right. at this point, I mean, you really wonder how Darcy looks at Jerry Brudos at this point. Like, how does Darcy, what do you think, Henry? How does Darcy see Jerry Brudos at this point in her life?
2: <sighs> he's fun. He's fancy. He's free. Um, <laughs> I don't think, I think so. That obviously, it's just the, the deepest form of denial. In a way where you've really just to the point where you're aiding and abetting a murderer. Where I think that you, yeah. uh, at some point, you have to break through whatever is your comfort zone because that's who she's living and she's living in a bubble. I think it was kind of the same thing we looked at when we talked about Eric Harris and stuff like that. When you're like looking at this kid, that's ob- somebody, it's, something is obviously fucking up. Yeah, but you are just not gonna even acknowledge it because if you do you have to do something about it, which involves then putting yourself in harm's way. Like, because think about this. How far is the jump between you becoming his, you're his wife and then if you discover all the crimes that you become one of the victims yeah you're already seeing the kind of shit that he, he was doing cryptic shit yeah. he was choking her and stuff that she wasn't into he was putting bags over her head and taking pictures of it like back in the day and she saw the look in his eyes she saw the right. brutose glaze mm-hmm. that would go over when he did that kind of shit and she knows that he's fucking dangerous
0: yeah i mean it just yeah anyway well, it, it seems like if her comfort zone is a garage that has multiple corpses inside of it, there's something wrong with her. Well, she didn't know there were corpses in the garage. She didn't want to know. I, I, anyway, I am not. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I don't know. Well, I'm just saying.
1: Well, I mean, the point is she didn't burn the most incriminating photos. Oh, okay. Because when police examined them, they found one photo in particular in which Jerry had placed a mirror underneath the skirt of one of his victims mm-hmm. as she hung in the air. And there in the reflection of the mirror was the dead-eyed face of Jerry Brudos.
2: And you know she saw that face before. Yeah. Yeah.
0: Yeah. Of course. She's
2: just like, ah! <laughs> and just threw it back in the pile.
0: Yeah, her husband looks like Christian Bale from The Machinist. I mean, he's just obviously soulless.
2: Opposite. He's the opposite <laughs> well, of the because and ugly. he was so yes. fat. Yeah. Yeah. Right, that The is look true.
0: in the eyes. But the look in the yeah.
1: eyes, that's right. Yeah. yeah. Now, after half-heartedly trying an insanity defense, Brudos pled guilty to three of the four murders and was sentenced to life in prison. But the system wasn't done with his family just yet. There was still the matter of Darcy, mm. because the, uh, the DA's office, just like you, they thought there was no way yeah. that this woman could not have known that there was something going on, so she was charged as, as an accessory to the murder of Karen Sprinkler. Okay. But after seven hours of jury deliberation, Darcy Brudos was found not guilty. Ugh,
0: I, I don't know. She's I don't She just sounds
2: it. like she's just a, she's a— She's a daft woman. She's probably, she very, she reminds me somewhat of the, uh, what's the mom from All in the Family.
0: Ah, uh, sure. Complicit in racism. <laughs> and we don't know what, uh, what was the name of the main dude in that? Archie Bunker. Archie, Archie Bunker. Bunker. Probably a killer. We never saw his garage. <laughs> they never did show his garage. So that's a good point. I nah, the
2: only thing he ever killed was a six pack and a roast chicken. <laughs> <laughs> Love that guy.
1: Uh, Darcy uh, and her children changed their names, moved away from Salem, and are more than likely still living their lives up here somewhere in the U.S. United States. Ah,
0: maybe they're the Bumpkies. Is it the what is it? The Bumbies? <laughs> the Bumbies. The Bumbies. The Bumbees. The Bumbies. You know who else would I think would have been
2: You know who could have really used a Darcy Brutus? Elliot Spitzer.
0: <laughs> ah, stand by your man. Yep. Now, as for Jerry's
1: run in prison, he was never particularly popular among the inmates and was actually
2: sodomized about six months into his stay on New Year's Eve. Guess, oh. guess. Let's listen, I know we're all caught up in the fever. The <laughs> countdown is happening right now. But just please don't. All right, well, at least let me sing while I do it. I'm not going to make this sexy for you. I'm not making it sexy for you.
0: We, we can allow that because Jerry Brudos is a horrible person. <laughs> yes. Yeah, Jerry Brudos <laughs> is the fucking worst, man. He's awful. Uh, but oh the guards loved him. Uh, the guards loved the him. The guards, absolutely.
1: He was very popular among staff. Well, he. Uh,
0: Ooh, that's he insta- not a good thing to be, actually, in, in prison. You don't really want to be the staff's number one guy. Well, no. he installed the entire cable TV system there.
1: Oh. Uh, he uh, worked up this great record keeping system uh, with their computers because he was a natural at computers once they started being put uh, into uh, personal use. Uh, and he was also in charge of repairing, restocking, uh, and. Uh, just generally doing maintenance over the vending machines.
2: So basically, he did what I do for my parents every Christmas when I go home. Right,
0: yeah. <laughs> you restock your father's vending machine? Yeah, because his dad has to wear oven mitts <laughs> because he drank himself and smoked so-, so many cigarettes he can't function. My father his hands, is suffering work. from
2: diabetes <laughs> and he is unchecked.
0: <laughs> yes. And it will
2: be sad. There will be a time where I, have, or the, I will have to do a sad moment where I have to memorialize my father. <laughs> and everyone going to have to deal with it.
1: <laughs> well, while Jerry did do a fair amount of work in prison, most of his free time was spent with the mini shoe catalogs Ugh. he requested through the mail throughout the years. And he was able
0: to just but that's, keep those way out in the open. Honestly, though, that's porno for him. The yeah. prison should have not let him have shoes. No, uh, that's catalogs. the best
2: part about having a fetish is that then anything can be your porno if that's your fetish. Like if you like raw chicken, going to the grocery store, you could come all over everything. Yeah, but that's, that's not- kind of fun.
0: I, I guess it's good, if, if, if like Horse and Carriage Weekly, if you're really into carriages or something. Mm-hmm. I don't know, I suppose. And just a little over 10 years ago, Jerry
1: Brudos died of liver cancer at the age of 67 in Oregon State Penitentiary.
0: All right. Wow. Yep, Jerry, Jerry Brudos.
2: And Jerry Lewis died today. Wow i'm gonna say this episode's in memory of jerry lewis because if there's anybody that physically reminds me of jerry lewis it's jerry Bruce. i don't
0: this is a false equivalency here jerry lewis <laughs> a very talented comedian jerry's mm. dropping like flies oh my jerry's goodness dropping like all flies. the jerry's
2: someone look out well, for jerry rice <laughs> oh my goodness <laughs> where's jerry Stiller?
0: not a good time to be a jerry well, that was a great, uh, great couple of episodes. They're very informative.
2: Another, uh, another uh, horrible person. Yeah, <laughs> just one more. Yep, My and goodness. it only took th- it only took three tries to get this episode in the can. Yeah, that's it. And I'm really uh, proud of all of us. You know, everybody, G karate guys playing grab ass upstairs anymore? <laughs> uh huh. <laughs> See, thing is, uh, when you rent. A studio. When you
0: find a new home, oh, Marcus is getting his Texas high voice <laughs> he, on. So when you rent, yeah, you you rent be a podcast yeah. company, <laughs> if you rent a studio, you
1: don't think to ask if there is a kung fu studio directly above you. Well, what and do we learn, Marcus? We learn to always ask if there is a kung fu studio <laughs>
2: directly. above Above you. Get yeah, I mean, come on. Guys. It is difficult to ask them to quiet down. It, oh, yeah. <laughs> because they have a certain set of skills. Oh, my We're, God. We are podcast comedians. Our bodies are atrophying <laughs> as we do our work. A key tenant
0: of kung fu is grunting. We're getting a lot of the grunts.
1: Yep. We're going. Uh, we're going through some growing pains here. You know, things things are changing, uh, all for the better. Uh, but we appreciate you guys uh, being patient with all of us. Yes, it, it did take four tries to put out uh, two episodes here.
2: <laughs> uh, so it is. Uh, uh, this it's- is uh, we're going through just as much pain as you are. So, but guess uh, what? Yes, Don't- Growing pains leads to stretch marks, and stretch marks make you beautiful. Cellulite Saturday. <laughs> well- this is big. I think it's. I think it's brave of us. That we're showing our sweat. Yeah, uh, I guess so. Celebrating ourselves. I yeah.
0: don't like the analogy. As a person who went through multiple years of growing pains and has horrible stretch marks, they're ugly <laughs> um, on me <laughs> well, anyway. Look at well, me, you man. don't like your.
2: I got them your... all, all on my sides. I got them on my sides. I got them on my bum. Mm. But you won't look at that.
0: No, anyway. I will not. But unfortunately, I am forced to <laughs> regularly as you show off your. Rear end and, uh, on a daily basis. Yeah. Um, all right. Well, thanks so much for listening, everyone. We want to say uh, we gotta, we're got we going to Canada. Yeah. We got Canada coming up here, so get tickets for that. Vancouver
1: uh, and Calgary, we're coming on the 24th uh, and the 25th, I believe. That's this Thursday and Friday. Go to LastPodcastOnTheLeft.com. Uh, for all of our tour dates, yep. we're also coming to Toronto. We're coming to Pittsburgh. We're coming to North Carolina. We're coming to Omaha. Uh, we're, we've we got a
0: lot of shows left in this year, man.
2: A lot but, of shows, and one of the
0: biggest shows that we're extremely excited about it is
2: in October. Yeah, make sure you come to our Sawen Gala presented by us and Natalie Jean in Los Angeles at the El Rey Theater October 28th. Buy those tickets. We're already halfway sold out.
1: Yeah. Yeah. It happened immediately. Yeah. They went on sale Mm -hmm. on Friday. uh, And we, um, in just a few days, we've sold half of the tickets. So get them now. Do not wait. If you want to come, do not wait. Get those tickets as soon as you possibly can. We very much, and we appreciate everybody who buys those tickets right when they go on sale, man. We can't wait to come out and entertain y'all again in Los Angeles. And uh, it's going to be a lot
0: of fun. Yep. A lot of people from the network will be there. Mm -hmm. Eddie Toons and I think KB, Kevin Barnett from Roundtable of Gentlemen will show up. So it'll be really fun. And uh, thanks for supporting all the. The shows here A Top App for Everything Political we're going to get through this together mm-hmm. Round Table of Gentlemen uh, Page 7 Movie Signs with the Mads Sex and Other Human Activities all the great shows here That's right. and, and we got some new shows coming up as well that we're really excited to talk about in the future oh absolutely we got some sp- if you speak Espanol yeah, then you will be uh,
1: very excited for a new product or a new project uh, that we've got coming down the pike. It's going to be out here in just a couple of weeks. And we've got a lot of uh, exciting stuff here uh, happening here uh, in uh, the podcast palace. But we're possibly going to move to a new podcast palace. Is that so we what we're come. calling it? The podcast, I think it's the palace. New podcast palace. Podcast <laughs> I <think. laughs> palace. I like it a lot. Yeah. Like Eddie, it like Eddie it a lot. named it on roundtable. Oh, yeah. he did the, the podcast palace. Yeah, I list.
2: like it. Podcast huh. pals, I like that a lot. Um, so make sure you can follow us on Twitter. I'm at Henry Loves You and Marcus Parks at Ben Kissel. Follow us on Instagram at Doctor Fantasty at Marcus Parks at Ben Kissel the number one and follow Last Podcast on Left on all of the bullshit at LP on the Left. Get off of Facebook,
1: please. <laughs> I haven't been on Facebook in many months. I don't miss it. I, I think oh I've been oh off goodness. of Facebook for like. Do they send you the needy emails? They did. They sent they sent me an email today. Uh, Facebook was, did? Facebook. Oh, opinion. they say
0: they call you lazy. Yeah. <laughs> I, I honestly, I get, I'm get. i so livid with Facebook. Do you get the hey, lazy? It didn't. No, it wasn't oh. hey, lazy. It was yeah. like log back into Facebook with one, just one
1: click. No. It's like, no, nope, you can fuck. Go hey, fuck yeah, yourself. Yeah, you can go fuck yourself. I'm yep. done with that
0: stupid goddamn fucking site. Anyway. Um, all right, everyone. Hail yourselves.
2: Hail Satan. Hail Geen. Hail me. And a Magoose Delations, one and all. Yeah. Praise be to Satan. Bring chaos to our enemies. (laughs) What? Is that a new tag that you're working on? I like it. I don't know. I I like it.
0: I like it. I like it.